0: Log Talk Radio
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozher. And my amazing co-host today, Cross. Cross is here. Um, Mariah, actually, she has some, uh, oh, um, and that's my dog sneezing into the microphone. Hey, little buddy. How you doing? He's happy to be here, too, apparently. Um, and uh, Mariah's got some other plans today, so she's not able to join us today. Uh, but we're going to hop into our Bible study. We're going to talk about power-filled ministry and identity Ooh. in Christ today. yes yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, finally, out of the whole Gentiles and Jews talk, so. and I guess my dog wants to get kicked out over the commercial break. Uh, but before before we get started, we are going to go ahead and start on commercial, so we're going to hop that way, and we'll see you soon. We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet, as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked, or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook, and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and keep those landfills light and to save some money on your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out marty.com.
0: That's right. The Jokers and Jesters Comedy Tour is back on the road. We are currently promoting our second Amazon Prime Special, Jokers and Jesters, the next special. We will be touring small towns across this great country of ours. So for our tour dates, follow us on Facebook at Jokers and Jesters Comedy Tour or at our website, jokersandjesters.com. It's a great night of music, laughter, and magic. Don't miss us as we come to a small town near you.
2: Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems. Literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About
0: 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's
1: because it just looks a little funny, a little
2: weird. But when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food.
0: It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff.
2: We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. that there is beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people, we show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. To have food delivered to your house. A box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but why wouldn't
0: you do, why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce.
1: All right, well, we're back here with Dynamic Word Bible Studies. We're back. Um, we're back. We've got some fun stuff planned today, and um, I'm actually really excited. Uh, this teaching is um, very different from the last, like, three weeks. And I did kind of look ahead, and it looks like we've got somewhere between a month and a month and a half left in the Book of Romans. And then we plan to take a little break And uh, probably, uh, if it looks like it's lining up the way that I think it is, we'll probably take a break through the month of December. Christmas break. We're we're calling it Christmas break. Right, right, right. And then hop in, um, come back fresh in January with a study in the book of John. And I think if Romans, which has like 14 chapters,
3: took like 16, (laughs) 16 16 chapters, took a year Yeah, John is going to
1: take longer. Like two years. Yes, but it is my favorite gospel, so I don't mind getting stuck there. And then hopefully at some point we'll get to Acts as well. So, um, because I think that's a nice progression to go from John to Acts. So let's talk about uh, what we have going on today. Would you like to pray us in? Sure. Okay. Hats (laughs) off. Hats off, everybody. Hats (laughs) off. (laughs)
3: Lord God, thanks for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you that we get to be here on the radio show. Uh, we pray that the show goes well and that um, Mom has good things to say. Just name,
1: amen. Hopefully I have God things to say and not good things to say, right? Good well, God things to say. Good God things to say. <laughs> so today we're going to pick up in Romans chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 14 and work through 21, uh, and this is, a really nice, interesting passage talking about Paul and his ministry to the Gentiles. Um, I'm actually just reading most of the verse to, to let us know that we've gone through that section of Scripture, but we're going to focus in on a couple of key verses, okay? So, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ to the Gentiles in a priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. To bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illustrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, to those who have never been told of him will see and those who will nev- who have never heard, will understand. Okay, so that's our scripture for today. Um, I love talking about preaching the gospel. I, I just think it's so amazing. Um, she actually did a women's conference and I get to do a women's conference. That's fun. Yeah, she got to say a few words there. It was super cool. But so actually, I'll be talking a little bit about uh, one of the topics that we talked about. At the women's conference later today, we did not have a guest. We we'll don't have, we'll have a guest today, so we're gonna fill in some time with some other stuff that I hope will bless some of our audience members. Um, so let me let me just kind of ask the question: What does it take for you to really believe in something new? Like not just think, oh, well, that's an external reality that could happen, but but really believe is strong evidence enough to change your mind? A good solid argument. Like, what do you tend to look for? And for me, no matter how logical an argument is or how how much historical evidence you have, I I can have all that, and I need all that. Like, I I have this really inquiring mind and, and cross-nosed, the poor guy lives with me, right? And so if I don't understand something, I will pick at it and pick at it and pick at it and pick at it until I feel like I've got a good concept and yeah. understanding about it. But – even with all that, I have found that um there is nothing nothing that really trumps having a personal experience in a matter like it's just more convincing once you have that personal experience, it's like all the other evidence you you need it, but it really just lines up with that personal experience okay? yeah,
3: it's kind of like
1: we've had a few
3: encounters, and then like we line up what we know. With- uh, like what we know is true, and then sometimes I like to line up other religions and other viewpoints, and I'm just like, Wait,
1: and how does it what? right and it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work for you because your viewpoint point is rooted in personal experience right right like that's and that's what i was gonna say is that like so so my faith is supported by historical evidence and supported by sound reason, okay? But I but I can't say I'm not C.S. Lewis. I really didn't come to my faith through sound reason and logic. I came to say through my personal experience with Jesus Christ. And then everything else is just supported by sound logic and reason. Um, and so for me, I, I can honestly say that experiencing the power and presence of the Holy Spirit actually – irrevocable mark on my soul like I was not ever going to stop following Jesus because I knew that I knew that I knew <laughs> I knew that I knew that I knew like it, it's so easy to walk away as as a young person okay so you're a young person with all your own ideas I know you've got this horrible assignment in school that your mean teacher assigned you I'm the teacher he's homeschooled okay Uh <laughs> And and you're supposed to be writing a paper on your world view right now, right? Um, and it's asking some pretty tough, deep One of the questions, questions.
3: <laughs> was, what is the meaning and purpose of life? I was like,
1: <laughs> what? what? It's only 12 folks who've got them thinking about light things, right? <laughs> light things? Light things. Just light, easy, tiny topics. <laughs>
3: Um, I really don't I'm
1: doing high school work. Yeah. So that's true, that's true. So uh, basically I may become at some point confused or walk away from a solid and reasonable conclusion, but my experience, my relationship and my life-altering miracles with with the Lord are much harder to abandon. Think of it this way. If you grew up in a church, okay, reading scripture and warming pews, right? Mm-hmm that's pretty easy to go, to not prioritize when you get older. It's pretty easy to come from that kind of a background and go, eh, yeah, going to church, whatever, whatever. But it's a whole lot harder to walk away from having a solid relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a whole lot harder to walk away from, um, you know, God's personal involvement in your life and seeing miraculous things happen. Right, and like having a personal encounter with Jesus. Right. Now let's look at what, because cause we're starting out, in, we we always kind of uh, jump off of a scripture in Romans written by Paul. But I like to talk about how it connects to what Jesus actually said. So let's check out uh, what Jesus had to say in John chapter ten, verses thirty-seven to thirty-eight. Do Isn't that
3: to? convenient? I have that for book. That's right
1: amazing. it's <laughs> so good at this.
3: He yeah, actually totally like pre-show. Hey, pull this up. We've got
1: a lot of scriptures but. today, so we're gonna
3: have to pull some things up. Alright, so for some context, this is Jesus suggesting the Jews who didn't believe and... Yeah, they didn't believe, Jerusalem. Right, they, they didn't believe that he was Messiah, right? Right. says, so, um, so do not believe me unless I do what the Father does. But even if I do it, even though you may not believe me, believe the miracles, that you may know me and understand that the Father's is in me and I am the Father.
1: Okay, so just just to break this down a little bit, it seems kind of obvious. But Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm speaking the truth, and you don't believe me, Um, but don't believe my words. Believe the miracles, miracles," because he's doing things that only God could do, right? And so he's like, believe the miracles if you don't believe me. Um, So Jesus, who is God, okay, like let's be clear, he is God. If he wasn't even trying to argue platitudes and trying to convince people with his wisdom, then why are we doing that? Because we're not—we're not God. We're not as smart as God. We're not as wise as God, right? Because
3: you're trying to reflect Jesus' character,
1: and and we should reflect Jesus' character certainly, right. but they didn't even believe Jesus, right? <laughs> And so he... Then why should they believe that? Right. So he performs miracles because they don't believe him. So um, we're charged to fulfill that great commission still. Um, but we're really never expected to do it on our own. So let's check out um, Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. <coughs> Then the disciples
3: went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked in them and confirmed confirmed His word by the signs by the signs that accompanied it. Okay, so
1: the disciples are going out to preach. Mm-hmm. What's accompanying them? The Holy Spirit. Yes, and what's He doing through them? Um, empowering them
3: to do miracles like Jesus. Right, 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 right,
1: right, right. Because the Holy Spirit, first of all, the Holy Spirit isn't an it okay and it's not a power it is the fullness of god uh he's, he's the person the personal um deity that comes and dwells within us okay and so he has a personality can hurt his feelings right uh you can make him proud of you you know he he you can have a relationship with him and he kind of goes along for this trip and he gives them all of the same sorts of signs and wonders and powers that Jesus had in the first place. Kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. So now let me also be clear. Jesus sent them on this mission, right? And he still didn't expect crowds just to believe in his word as good as it was. He sent them with signs and wonders, signs and wonders. Okay.
3: Um,
1: he is, king of me. Is that it? <laughs> so um, that first talked about the partnership between God and people. We were never meant to spread the gospel by our own intellect, our own thoughtfulness, our own great turns of phrase, uh, or even just our love for people. We're, we were called to partner with the Holy Spirit and do it in his power which is an awesome thought when you think about it, why God would even want to partner with us. But that, you know, he made that choice. I'm just saying he did it, okay? Um, It's the model of ministry that Jesus personified, becoming God in the flesh. And he put it into action, and it was the ministry model that the apostles continued. Now, eventually this model exploded into a huge church, but that caused some problems, too, okay? When the church got really big, it it became established and politically powerful with church leaders who were influencing monarchs and rulers. This is like in a heyday of feudalism, and the Catholic church just had this huge amount of influence and power, especially in Europe. Um, this may seem like a thing, but it kind of short-circuited the mission of the church, As political power grew, it developed a rigid structure. The gospel was lost, signs and wonders ceased, and people joined the church for political and financial benefits instead of for Jesus. And the passion to win the lost subsided. So when we're looking at this, um, I actually have that one, so don't stress about that one. Um, When we're looking at this, we're talking about signs and wonders, but... Um, the signs and wonders are being engaged mainly when the gospel is being preached, right? It's for the benefit of the unbeliever. And so if the passion to win the lost is exciting, you've got a real problem on your hands there, right? Um, So fortunately, in this day and age, we have so much access to God's word. We have Access to it in its original languages and form. We have a plethora of different translations, which if you like to study parallel translations, I don't know if you're into that. Um, Are you into that yet? No?
0: Uh,
1: Not quite? Okay. I don't know if
3: my brain powers up the capacity yet.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fun when you study parallel translations. Um, You can see a little bit about deeper meanings in the Bible or if you do like you know, Greek word studies or Hebrew word studies. You can learn a little bit more that way. Um, But we have broadly access to God's word, which means that we can see the kind of church and ministry that Jesus ignited and established while he was your honor. So we can actually look at that and say, does our current model of how we do church and ministry line up with how God called us to do it? Right. And that is a huge benefit for our church today we can recapture the heart of his ministry, and we can partner once again with the Holy Spirit. So what exactly was Paul saying about signs and wonders? Let's look at this closely again. I'm going to go back to our key scripture, which was Romans 15, but this time I'm just going to focus on verse 18 and 19, so it's not lost in the rest of scripture. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way, all the way around to Lystra, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Okay, that, that's a big chunk of change there. Okay, but he's talking about I'm not just performing miracles, right? But I am also speaking the words of the gospel by word and deed by signs and wonders and is he the one producing the signs? not really it's the whole it's the holy spirit right he
3: meant jesus
1: right right so so it's not paul who's producing these signs and wonders but it's by the power of the spirit of god that he's able to both have the right words but also do the right deeds right so that from jerusalem all the way to illustrious I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So, in order to fulfill the ministry of the gospel of Christ, what must we be doing? Performing um, signs and wonders. Well, well, when when the Holy Spirit sees fit, right. there there might be an accompanying sign and wonder, right? Okay, and also by word, right? So, by word and by deed. Okay, so. um, It's hard, I think, in in our modern faith, we tend to shy away from the possibility of signs and wonders. Like, um, even in church, how awkward is it to just go up and pray for somebody? (laughs) Like, way awkward if it's not someone you know, right? Oh my gosh! Like, can that like? I don't even know. (laughs) Can that put you in a weird position here? Let me lay hands on you and pray for you right now. Right, don't know. You're just like. Here, let there, me touch there. you.
3: <laughs> there, 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 Lincoln. So uh,
1: <laughs> that's a reference to Studio C sketch. Anyway, but, um, but, yeah, it can be even a little awkward in church. But remember, most of the time that signs and wonders are accounted for in the Bible, it's not in church, folks. So as uncomfortable as it can be to see someone who's hurting in church and ask them if you can accompany them in prayer, Now we're talking about you're just out at the grocery store. You're just out at the park and you see someone hurting and you're like, hey, can I pray for you? What's going on? Right? Like ten times more awkward, right? But But when you look in the Bible, most of the time that miracles and signs and wonders are happening, it's not happening in the context of the synagogue. It's happening out at the gate. It's happening out in the street when people are having these chance encounters, not really chance encounters, are they? They're divine appointments with people who are hurting and need to know God. So if we're not seeing our words accompanied by these signs and wonders, what does it mean? Um, May not be fully um, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's not even that we're not fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're probably not doing what God called us to do. Right? Like, we're probably not really sharing the gospel in the public square. We're probably not really ministering uh, the way that we ought to be. And so it, it's something to, to be thoughtful about. And what happens when you do reach out and you go, gosh, I'm going to stop and pray for somebody? We're it is awkward, but what happens sometimes? They They can get healed. They can, they can feel the spirit of God, right? You know, um, we did that. I, I unfortunately missed church this last weekend, but the weekend before we got a chance to pray with one of our, uh, friends from, from church, someone I didn't know until I got to pray for her and absolutely she felt the Holy spirit and there was healing involved and stuff like that. Like that's, because when you minister and you're obedient to what God is doing, he can move through you. He's looking for this open opportunity. Also,
3: Mom is one of the new members on the prayer team at our church. That's,
1: that's really cool and a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I'll be able to have an opportunity, um, a very blessed opportunity more often to be able to pray with um, people when they're in need, and that's exciting. Um so let's talk about what's what's the difference between signs and wonders. Do we even know? Um,
3: signs would be like signs that they are who they say they are and wonders would be like miracles.
1: Okay. So you're getting quotes. They're both miracles. Okay. Signs indeed do teach a spiritual truth. Okay? Um, so the one the sign that always comes to mind when I say this is when um, Jesus, uh, there's a man who's lowered down to him from the rooftop on a yeah, mat. That's what I've seen of too. Okay. See, so we must be, we must be on the same target. Okay. Straight and, to like. Right. The first thing Jesus says is, um, I forgive you of your sins. And everybody's like, what? Like that's. That's not what he came down here. For. Not like dude can't walk. Okay. First of all, dude can't walk. Okay. Second of all, don't have the authority to do that. But then the second part was you don't have the authority to do that. Only God can forgive sins. And he says what is easier to do, to say you're forgiven of your sins or to get up and walk, but to show you that I have the authority to forgive sins, here it is. Get up, pick walk, pick up your pick mat, pick up your mask, go. You know, Easy, and so he heals alone. him. Right. <laughs> so he heals him physically, but before that he um, heals him, he him spiritually. But to show everybody that, that God was in favor of him healing him spiritually, because if he was he was doing that and his power wasn't really coming from God, would God have granted that miracle? Clearly not, okay? So, so in this case, this is a sign to you that he was, in fact, the Messiah and able to uh, forgive sin. I wonder is a miracle that shakes our presumptions and forces us to listen to something new, okay? Um, so, that's kind of the difference. Now, um, Jesus' practices in ministry were almost always accompanied by signs and wonders, right? Uh, I think you have an example pulled up here in John chapter 2, verse 23. Yes, I do.
3: Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name.
1: Yeah, so they believed in his name because of the miraculous signs that he's doing, right? So I'm currently looking up um, Matthew eight sixteen 16, um, because we've got another example there. Uh, 14, 15, 16. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our diseases. Okay, and then um, we have another example here. John 11, 41 through 48. All right. Then the chief priests and the
3: Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man... Performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go like this, everyone will believe him, and then the Romans will come and take away
1: both our place and our nation. So the Sanhedrin
3: was like a meeting place for Pharisees and them.
1: Right, and they're concerned if if he keeps doing signs and wonders like this, everyone will believe him. Right. Okay. Um, Weren't
3: they hoping for a messiah? That's
1: a whole confusing bit right there. But, but yes, to the point there was some some concern here. Um, and so, um, now here's the question, though, is that a lot of times we go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we all know this is familiar scripture, but that was Jesus, and I am not Jesus. And that's good, clear thinking. We're not Jesus, okay? So, um so we want to see in here that Jesus actually passed all this on to um, those who believe in him. So let's look at John chapter 14, verses 11 through 14. Do you have that for I us? I do have that. There's okay. Uh, <laughs> <so we laughs> i What you guys can't see is me pointing to scriptures. I want them to look up. <laughs> this one, right here, right here, this one. Go for that
3: one. Believe me when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for any, for, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it.
1: So that's such a crazy verse because it doesn't even say, like, just the apostles were empowered by it. So there are some people who believe that the miracles and the signs have ceased, right? Like that that doesn't happen anymore. They're, they're called the um, And they believe that now that we have the Bible, we don't need the signs and wonders anymore. So they just don't happen Ooh. anymore. Um, and it's really cool that we have access to the Bible. But what does that verse say? Did it say it was just the apostles that were going to be temporarily empowered? No. No, it says anyone who believes in me and even more. I don't even know what even more means. I don't even know if I'm prepared to know what even more means. I'm just saying that we should be coming with some expectancy that, that we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, um let me also read here John twenty verse twenty one. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So he sent us to do all this work, and he has meant to send us with signs and wonders, just as the Father sent him. Um, we have another example. Now we're going to pop into Acts really quick. Um, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. Okay, Very convenient. One. I'm actually in
3: X right now. That's
1: good. That's good.
3: And the exact page and the exact verse. That's crazy. <laughs> so you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth.
1: Okay. Okay. So check this. Check this out. Then, here's what's really crazy about this, um, is that the apostles we're not unclear on this point at all. Like they received this word from God and they were like, oh yeah, we we've got it. They weren't going, well, I don't know. I mean, Jesus did all the signs and wonders. I think we just have his word now. Um, Let me prove it to you here. Okay. I'm at Acts chapter two, 38 through 39. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. He wasn't mistaken, right? He, he, he got it. He was like, oh, this is for, this is for everybody, and it's, and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you sure you want me to read this next verse? I, I don't. It's me. 17 verses. Oh, let's just, let's just sum up because we're a little over time. Um, So this, let's ask ourselves now, how did the church respond to this knowledge? And Cross has Acts chapter 8, 1 through 17 pulled up, and this is talking about Philip in Samaria. Can you kind of give us a sum up of what's going on in that verse? Yeah, so um,
3: pretty much the verse begins... um, after or after Stephen had died and after Saul, who at this point no one knows who he is, for now. Um,
1: well, they probably after, know who he is, but they don't know who he will become.
3: Right. And go. so, um, the church got persecuted and scattered, and uh, this is after Stephen died, got persecuted and scattered because of Stephen's death. Uh, Philip and Samaria, this is fun. Uh, he did miraculous signs just like, uh, Jesus did. But the one that is recorded are, uh, evil spirits coming out of many and paralysed and cripples are healed. Ooh, Simon the Sorcerer. Oh, I love this one. It's a good one, right? So, Simon the Sorcerer is basically about, um, Simon, where, Simon the Sorcerer, who was, one of the kings wanted to hear about, um, who Jesus was, or one of the emperors, or rulers, or whatever, and one of the apostles came, and, um, they, uh, went to sign the sorcerer, and uh, he was trying to convince the, um, ruler that this was impossible, that no man could come from the dead, but then, um, they said, uh, now you'll be blind,
1: (laughs) And then you'd be stricken blind, so yay. Right, right, right. So um, in, in the, mean, in the <laughs> meantime, Paul is um, performing signs and wonders in Ephesus. Like these, these folks are not backing down from this position of authority and expectancy that the Holy Spirit will move through them, not just guiding them and leading them, although he does guide them and lead them, but at the same time, Producing signs and wonders, um, and so we have this other scripture uh, that we're going to read: Galatians three one through five. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucif- uh, Publicly per- portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this: Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? that you now are being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the spirit to you and the works of miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? So clearly he is saying not to walk away from the gospel and be led astray by a false gospel. And what's he saying the proof is supposed to be?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The signs and wonders, the works of the Holy Spirit, right? right. So, um, so then the question remains here. Um, why don't we, at least in the Western church, uh, see the power of the Holy Spirit as commonly today? But sometimes we just don't know that the gifts are for us. Other times, Greek philosophy, corrupt clergy who are more worried about popularity, then transformative ministry can get in the way, Um, and even sometimes heresy. But I think like really in in Western culture, it's that whole Greek philosophy um, trying to prove out everything um, that we lack the faith to to expect God to move today. Um, But God wants our churches and our ministries alive for him. He doesn't want us to be living in these dead ministries. So it's us up to us to regain the power of Jesus' ministry. How are we going to do that?
3: By going out and spreading the good news.
1: Okay, actually, that's one of the
3: steps. (laughs) Okay,
1: so the first one is that we're supposed to prioritize our relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's not an it or a power. He's a person of the Godhead. We need to know him and spend time with him. And he lives in us, so that's actually really easy. It's actually kind of awkward if you think about the fact that, like, how often we really pray. First of all, a lot of times we pray to Jesus when we should be praying to the Father.
3: No, somebody else was free in my head. That one TikTok that, <laughs> can you make me a sandwich? make me a sandwich. It's best.
1: I'm not entirely sure where that came from, but it is a indeed a funny TikTok.
3: When he lives
1: yes, right in our
3: hearts, but... <sighs> he Jesus does. He lives in our hearts, but...
1: Okay, okay, because he does. That lives rent free in my head. Right, the Holy, <laughs> the Holy Spirit does live rent free in our hearts. That's good. Um, I I got that now. Okay, so um, you know, it's it's a little awkward if you think about the fact that we're supposed to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Most of us either pray to Jesus, which is not the person we're praying to, we're praying to the Father, but um, we're praying to the Father through 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 the Holy Spirit and and in the righteousness of Christ, right? Okay. But um, kind of awkward when we think about how close we feel to God, the father and the whole, and, and to Jesus, and then how we almost ignore the Holy spirit who's taken up residence in our hearts. It's really, you know, one of those things. So spend some time um, contemplating on developing a relationship with the Holy spirit Two, live a life of yielded expectancy for the Holy spirit to speak to you and move through you. Uh, number three, Share God's good news. That was the point, right? If you're not actually sharing the gospel, you can't really expect to see the signs and wonders. Um, Not always, but often, God will use these sorts of things to convince unbelievers of his power and presence in your life. Um, And number four, do what he calls you to do. The Holy Spirit moves through us when we're aligned with his will. And if we're not doing what he calls us to do, if we don't go over and talk to that stranger about Jesus, if we don't pray for people when we're called to pray for them, we're not going to see anything. that kind of track? All right. Well, we're done and we're over time, so we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit about our identity in Christ. What do you think of that? Tell me All right, so we'll see you guys in just a few minutes.
0: Hey, everyone. Proof here. Just wanted to ask you guys, are you guys tired of all the mask ordinances that are passing all over the place with people telling you that you're not allowed to buy and sell unless you have a piece of fabric over your face? Well, we sure are tired of it. Please check out realbarefaceislegal.org and help us get together to fight these mask ordinances. You can also find Bareface Is Legal on Facebook, either as a group or a business page. Anyway, help us fight back against these stupid mask mandates. Realbarefaceislegal.org.
2: Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the fun, it's my job. About
0: 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm.
2: It's because they it just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food.
0: It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff.
2: We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. Beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people, we show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. A box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the And they taste exactly the same, it's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but why
0: wouldn't you do, why wouldn't you do? do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce.
1: We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out marty.com. All right, guys, well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I hope you enjoyed our Bible study on Romans this Ooh. time. Actually, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I really, really enjoyed talking about that because um, I love thinking through a uh, little bit about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and trying to figure out what we can do in order to be able to position ourselves for seeing God move in powerful ways. So that, that to me is awesome. So let's talk a little bit about our identity in Christ. What do you think? Right, let's do it. Okay. So let's take some time and think about Peter. When you think about Peter, what do you think about? Hardhead. Okay. Hard-headed. Okay, he was a little hard-headed, right? Um, betrayal probably. Oh, you think about betrayal? Ooh, okay, all right. I tend to think about some of the more positive things, like I think about. I also think, kind of think about fishes. Fishes, fishes, because was a fisherman. Yes, I I love Peter, because Peter is um, I I I I feel Peter often, but um. I, I, I associate with the get thee behind me, Satan, Peter, less the rock that Christ built the church on, Peter. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> I feel his mistakes deeply um, because of the fact that I just kind of love up a lot. And um, but, but when I think about Peter, I really tend to think about, you know, him walking on water him being the rock that Jesus built the church on. I think about his sermon at Pentecost and the amazing things that he did. Can you imagine preaching one sermon and having 3,000 people saved? That's incredible. And so I kind of think this way about Peter. I think less about, you know, him chopping off a soldier's ear or him, yeah, speaking, speaking to Jesus, uh, with, with full abandon, saying silly things sometimes.
3: Sometimes I think about the weird way he
1: died. Okay, okay, yeah, because he was tried upside, upside down, down, right?
3: So and he actually, and that that's what was so heroic about his death is he was actually like. Uh, they were about to just regularly crucify him but he was like, No, I'm not fit to die in the same way as our Lord and then
1: so they crucify him upside down. That should have been super uncomfortable. Let me just say. Oh my gosh. But that's worse than regular crucifixion. Right, right. So uh, Right. So, right. so rushing to my head Right. Such a headache. But um <laughs> but 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 like legitimately I think I think of Peter, I, I tend to think of all the heroic, amazing things he did. Um but what makes my heart just associate with him so much are the times that he messed up. Because Peter didn't just mess up a little. He messed up royally when he messed up. He did a good job of it. And
3: screw um,
1: right, right. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think it would have been easy for Peter to begin to think of himself as an unfaithful friend or follower or partnered with the enemy or the denier or faceless? Wait, no. Yeah, he was. I mean, like, if it was me, <laughs> I know how my brain works. Okay, like, I would totally connect. The thing
3: about Peter is, he was a good disciple. Just sometimes he said things without thinking.
1: Right, but here's the thing. Like, let me be honest. Okay, as a disciple myself, the reason I like Peter so much is because of the fact that I
3: can like relate to can
1: relate to him doing these ridiculous things you know i i get it when when he you know messes up royally i'm like oh bro i'm so there like you, you and me we're we're tight here so um so i can totally imagine that he might get stuck on these things too now we don't remember him that way like sometimes we'll well jokingly say that, but we also, we remember Peter as the rock of the church, right? We remember Peter as this great man of God who did all these incredible things. Um, so why don't we think of him as this abject
3: failure? Um, because usually the good things that he did
1: drowns, drowns out the bad things that he did. Okay, but we don't feel that way about ourselves, do we? No. No, and I bet he didn't either. Right, I mean, you know, he's, he's like, I'm the worst
3: apostle.
1: Right, 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 you know, he sent me to my brother from the west. <laughs> maybe not my brother. <laughs> so Peter, though, he allowed Jesus to restore him. He believed the life that Jesus spoke over him, and Jesus' voice became louder than the evidence of Peter's fault. So that's pretty awesome. Like, think about when he was restored, okay. So after Jesus dies and he's resurrected, Peter is out on the boat fishing, okay, and Jesus calls to him, and they're having breakfast on the shore, which, by the way, I hope that God always restores me over a good hot meal. Like, that sounds like a great way to do it, right? Um well, maybe we could go to Golden Corral. Yum, those, those uh, rolls
0: oh.
1: oh my goodness. So anyway <laughs> he's, he's just sitting at the shoreline and they're having some fish for breakfast and um and Jesus asked him three times if he Peter, loved Do you love me? Oh yeah, Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me three times? Um really interesting.
3: I know why he said three times.
1: Why did he say it three times? He
3: said it three times because that's how many times Peter denied Jesus, that he knew Jesus. So now he's restoring him three times.
1: Yeah. And let me let me just point out, I, I swear, I see this everywhere. And I'm like, I'm going to throw out my opinion here, okay? And I think I'm right because it's my opinion, okay? Maybe somebody will tell me I'm wrong. That's okay. But um, one of the things that's often pointed out, um, is people will say that Jesus said, do you love me more than these? And they always say, you know, he's asking if he loves him more than the disciples, the other disciples. Hmm. Oh, awkward conversation, by the way, first of all. Do you love me more than these guys do? Um, you know, um, he's he's like, yep, because I'm the best. So, I don't actually think he was saying that. Um, Peter was a fisherman by trade. So when when he was disappointed, when he felt rejected, when he felt unworthy, he went back to what he knew. He went back to fishing, right? Which is
3: what he did before Jesus had this conversation with him.
1: And he said that he was going to make him a fisher of men, right? So... (laughs) When he says, do you love me more than these? I'm pretty sure he was motioning towards the fish. Yeah. Um, do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than these old things that you used to do? There's nothing wrong with fishing, obviously. It provides food for people.
3: Right.
1: But Jesus wanted to know if he loved you get him. He wanted some
3: chinga out
1: of it. Right. He wanted, he wanted to know if he loved him more than his old fishing business. Or are you going to return back to your old life? That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, I, I'm not a theologian there, but I'm just going to say, if you look at the original Greek, it seems to make sense, more sense that he was motioning towards the fish than the other apostles. I don't think that it was a popularity That would be kind of, of mean content. for
3: Jesus to do. I, I was
1: I, I always was like, man, that's awkward. Okay, so.
3: <laughs> if they was just watching this conversation
1: like, uh, Peter. Uh, what about me? No. Right? What about me? So uh, Romans twelve two says, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will." Now, the word "conform" in this particular scripture actually means to identify with, hmm. which is really interesting, especially considering the way that our world is right now, right? Um. All sorts of people are identifying with all sorts of things in the world. One of the things that I think is so crazy and out of control, just just out of control, okay? And and hear this. This means not at all that I'm judging other people, okay? But our society has placed such a high emphasis on sex and sexual expression that people now identify as their sex and sexual expression primarily, which I think is really weird. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm married to my husband. I have children. But I don't primarily identify as a heterosexual cis woman. I don't. I, I, I'm me. I am a child of God. Um, if you ask me anything about myself, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. I might mention that I'm married and have kids and I'm a homeschool mom. But that's
3: not primarily what you identify
1: with. But not only is that not what I primarily identify with, but the act of creating children is not what I primarily identify with. Like that's, So it's a little off to me, but it is the way of the world right now because we are like part of that. Uh, hedonistic, uh, like, Greek-Roman um, modality of thought, secular humanism, which talks about how um, sex is this, this greatest possible, um, you know, thing that you can experience on earth. And I think we just really over prioritize it. And because of that, we tend if we 're identifying with the world, we 're identifying ourselves sexually instead of as a child of God, um, and that clearly causes all sorts of problems, just, just all sorts of problems um, especially spiritually, which is um, tough. Now, First Peter two: nine says, "But you 're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, god 's special possession." that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So that's what Peter thinks of himself, because that was him writing it. We are talking about whether or not Peter is all hung up on his previous identity of, of, you know, having done these things, and clearly he is not. He is fishing and fishing and fishing and fishing. And and now he's a a chosen priest, right? A chosen priesthood. Um, so if God could tell you one thing that he thinks about you, do you know what I think he would tell you?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That you're his daily delight. Isn't that such a sweet term? Um, Proverbs eight thirty to 31. Now in this, Jesus is, um, the master craftsman who's speaking. There's a long explanation of this, but thinking... Wait, In Proverbs, this is Proverbs. Okay. So listen, check this out. This is so cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's Proverbs. Yes. Okay, so so Jesus is speaking prophetically in Proverbs, wait for it, and I know it's Jesus because in Genesis, how does God create the world? By talking. By talking, through his word, right? Word. 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 In John, the first chapter, what does John identify the word as? Well, he, in the beginning was the Word, the Word, word was, was with God, God and the, the word, word was God. God. Okay? Who is the Word? Jesus. Jesus. Okay? So Jesus is like literally the creative mastermind behind,
3: <laughs> okay,
1: all of creation. He's that creative force. He is the Word of God that creates everything. Okay? He is the master craftsman. Right? Like I'm not, I'm not going out on the limb and saying this is absolutely biblical truth, right? We just don't necessarily think of it in those terms. But in proverbs, in proverbs, he refers to himself. Okay, so the, he's speaking prophetically. Someone's recording it. I don't even know who it was. Okay, someone's recording it. Okay, was it so Like some of them are from different people, right? So someone's recording it. And you have this whole thing that's being spoken by the master craftsman. Who's that? Who's that? Because he's talking, like, you'll see. This is totally, if you ever want to find the Trinity in the Old Testament, this is one of the spaces where you can find it, okay? So so that's the long explanation of why Jesus is a master craftsman, okay? Then I was beside him. He's referring to God the Father, okay? Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was his daily delight, rejoicing always before him and rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. How crazy is that? That's, like, totally crazy, right? Okay, you can totally see that father-son relationship that God the Father and Jesus had predating Jesus, becoming flesh and coming to earth because he was ever existent, right? And he was the master craftsman there at creation. And where was he delighting? With the sons of men. He was the one coming and walking in the garden. like got... So crazy, so crazy. So every day Jesus thinks about you. Every single day. And (laughs) remember that the plan for reconciliation with God required the sacrifice of the Father's daily delight. What does that mean about how precious you are in the Father's sight? That's pretty incredible that He would give that up. Um, God's deep love for us is expressed in the goodness of creation. Um, I think that we can understand God's deep love like because we love him so much, but think about what's one of the best things that just naturally is here on Earth for you? I think about strawberries and cantaloupe. I like strawberries and cantaloupe on a level that's probably slightly unhealthy. Okay. okay, even though they're fruit. they're so so good. And like, if I start biting into a strawberry, I swear I'm like, oh God, you are so good to me. This is so amazing. I can't believe you just left these growing on earth for me. Okay. But really, I bet when he was creating them, he was like, Felicia's going to love
3: these. Seriously.
1: <laughs> like, he's put the little things out there for us to enjoy. The song of a bird. Birds don't have to sing. It can be totally silent. Like, it, could be, it could be totally <laughs> silent. But God created the world in a way that is pleasing to our senses.
3: I think for Caitlin, it's probably the skies and the clouds
1: because
3: she yeah. really likes taking pictures of the sky. I don't know why. But
1: she does. Do you know why? She told me why. Do you want to know why?
3: Why?
1: Because she says when she's having a hard day. It's like God painted a little picture for her. Yes. Oh, I remember I was there. Isn't that the sweetest thing ever? Yeah. Um, and so um. now here's another one. This one's really fun. Okay. When you want to express your love to God, what do you do? You pray and worship. You pray and worship, right? You're like, thank you, Lord. And then sometimes when you're really thankful and you're really wanting to pour out love to God, you you sing, right? Did you know that God sings for you? Okay, listen, the Bible says so. Okay, Zephaniah 317. Zephaniah is not one of those books you commonly read, right?
3: (laughs) No, I usually don't read
1: Prophetic books don't okay. your wife. Okay, so so in Zephaniah maybe you're gonna go read Zephaniah now. Zephaniah three seventeen says, The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will say, He will rejoice over you with gladness, he will quiet you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. He sings for you God sings you with serenade, same way that you would worship him. How amazing is that? God really loves you, and he doesn't want to just restore your relationship with him. He wants to restore your peace. He wants to restore your confidence. He wants to restore your wholeness. He wants to restore your vision of yourself. And, and to this point, I always think to myself about how I feel when one of my children believe a lie about themselves. And it's so frustrating for me because, it's like, they can't see in them what I see in them. You know what I mean? But remember, God can't lie. Okay? Um, A lie is a truth that the adversary is peddling to you. So, um, our dog is knocking on the door. Our dog is knocking on the door with his nose. Just like Peter, we don't want to identify with our sin or our flesh any longer, but we identify as being in Christ, and we'll fix our eyes with where we will go, and fix our eyes on the truth of what God says about us because God doesn't lie. So um, how do we do that? The first way is to take every thought captive. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. This includes every negative thought about ourselves and the attacks of the enemy. And then um, we replace... For every falsehood we believe, there's a biblical truth that God wants us to believe instead. We don't come into agreement with lies, but we meditate on God's truth. Okay? The second thing is then we replace those lies with God's truth. What lie or sin from the past has usurped your identity in Christ? Identify that lie and use resources to speak God's truth over every lie every time it comes up. Um, So I love there's this list of who I am in Christ and it was originally written, uh, compiled. It's, it's, it's written in the Bible, but it was compiled by Neil T. Anderson. It's freely available on the internet. Um, but I have a couple of, of, uh, Neil's books on my shelf that always, they always have. I wonder why that name sounds familiar. Yeah. I, I read a lot of his stuff. It's good stuff. So anyway, um, but that's what we do is that we want to identify not with what the lie is that's spoken over us um, by the enemy, but instead seek the truth of God's word over us instead. Okay.
3: Mic
1: drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. That is um, how we stay in identifying with Christ and his righteousness. So um, we're going to have to cut to our last commercial break, and we'll come back for some Q&A, Okay. All right, we'll see you guys soon.
3: Help me. We all know
1: that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through marty.com marty.com offers high quality products at discount prices why well sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes it's still great quality food but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it and leave that to marty.com Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money on your wallet. And I'm all about saving money, so check out Marty.com. Just as ungrounded signals wreak havoc on radio communications, there's growing concern that because we are not grounded, we absorb tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation from our modern devices.
0: EMF stands for Electromagnetic Field. We are all immersed in electromagnetic fields, from Wi-Fi, from the wiring in our homes, and it disturbs our electrical balance. We get charged inside of our bodies. We get electrically charged. Some people have as much as 20 volts on their bodies, and that's not good for you. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. All right,
1: guys. Well, welcome back to Dynamic World Rival Studies. It's me. and Felicia. We're getting ready Hi. to do our Q&A. <laughs> Chuck Cross with me. Yay. Hi. Yay. He loves Q&A. <laughs> this is the hardest part of the show for him. So um so I actually have to talk. Uh. So let's open up to callers. Um of course we have our chat line open. I don't see anybody in there right now, but you can join us that way. Or you can call in. The guest call in number is three one nine.
3: That's three one nine five two seven six two zero eight. Press
1: one if you want to talk to us. Yeah, be sure to press one. It gives us a little like um hand held up icon. And that lets us know that you actually want to say something, right? Um, so feel free to ask another question if you want to. Um, we have something to ask, like a super hard question. Oh, last my year. gosh. I was like, oh, I guess somebody feels that one. That's fun. So it was cool, though, like, because we, we haven't had a question quite like that. Um, but I've got a few questions that are about our original Bible study that we did today. So um, question number one, have you ever seen a miracle? And if you have, how does that affect you? I and mean, that's kind of hard. So I've seen, I've seen quite a few healings. Um, and I have been part of that prayer circle at times. Um, and it's really interesting when those things happen consistently. Consistently, you tend to have this attitude about how God can do anything that he wants to right? And you become very, very empowered and very emboldened. um, And you tend to uh, put yourself out there a little bit more. You tend to to feel like you can pray for people and stuff like that with expectant heart. Um, But when you're not in a position, when you're seeing that all the time, I think that it can be hard to connect to that um, part of spiritual life where God can do all things, right? Um, How about you? Have you ever seen anything that you're like, Wait a minute. That's like that's kind of hardcore miracle. What do you think? Have you ever seen anything like that? Um,
3: no, not really. Not, not, that one time where they are praying over the girl who had a stroke in the middle of the
1: service. Okay, it, it wasn't a stroke. It was a seizure.
3: I was a seizure.
1: So, so you see some healing, but it's not healing, but not really a miracle. I mean, that's kind of a miracle. It is. <laughs> I mean, it may not be like, you know, splitting of the water is a miracle, but, you know, still that's a miraculous happening all the same, right? Um, how did that affect you? What did you feel like after you saw that? I felt like that. I felt like that? Did you, were you, like, more confident in God, or were you, like, questioning, sometimes we question, did that really
3: happen? I don't know. I was honestly thinking about food most of the
1: time. <laughs> it was like, I was hungry. It was after church, and I just wanted to leave and have lunch. <laughs>
3: yeah, but, yeah. I did Truth feel, from a 12-year-old boy. Did feel a little more confident in God. Speaking of, my birthday was last week.
1: Yes, your birthday yeah. was last week, so you're 12 now. Yeah. That's a miracle too. (laughs) We still like you. We kept you around all this time. Um, Have you ever been taught that signs and wonders are not for today? And what has changed your mind? So I don't know that I've ever been taught that signs and wonders were not from today, at least not from the pulpit. Um, in my church, it, it doesn't tend to be a very big topic discussed from the pulpit. Like, let me just be real. Like, it's not something that comes up on Sunday a whole lot. But I was never taught in my church that if they're not for today, it's just not really talked about very much. Um, I have had other people try to tell me that signs and wonders weren't for today. Um, and I have probably early on in my Christian walk, I probably would have given some, some notice to that kind of talk. Um, but as I have walked with Christ longer and longer, and I do believe this is meant to happen. I am much more willing to believe his literal word and that if it says it can happen, then if I'm not seeing it happen, the problem is not with God or him ceasing to fulfill his word and his promises, but always very consistently the problem's with me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always that I'm not expecting. It. It's always that I'm not aligned. It's always that I'm not believing. Um, but but God is faithful just broadly and generally almost all the time, in my, in my opinion. I'm not going to say almost all the time. All the time. If I'm not receiving it, that's that's generally my problem. Uh, how about you, buddy? What do you think? Everything you said. Everything I said. Okay, okay. Um, so, sounds like we might end a little early today. <laughs> so, question number three. Um, this one's a good one. Where is God stretching you right now? Um, where is God pressing you to walk in new levels?
3: Uh. <laughs> I don't know, mom Where's God press you, walking in the mobile.
1: Oh, okay, you want me to answer this one too? Goodness. You've been talking so much today. <laughs> yeah, well people like it when you talk. Do they? I don't know if yes, they do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, um, I've gone through a lot of time of of learning about uh God's movement in, in the lives of ordinary people and him moving in signs and wonders and, and miracles and, and doing all the things that God does that I don't. Um, and I feel like now God is pressing me to dive into those experiences with full abandon and trust. Like to notice when someone needs prayer and to and to fulfill that call to ministry, to talk to the stranger and ask them if they're okay and if I can pray for them. Um, that's a really great opening and a good way for people to, to learn more about Jesus. Yes. Um, and to know that if I' if I'm walking in the way that God is asking me to walk that he's going to show up. Um, so so for me, and this is very, very typical of my spiritual life because I think that we mentioned earlier in the show, I tend to be a little cerebral when I have some mystery or question I don't understand or know, I research it and research it and learn about it and learn about it until I feel like I've got a really good grasp on it. And I know that I've done that with a lot of the miraculous work that that um, God does here on earth. And so I feel like now the challenge is, okay, well, you know, you know all this stuff, now do it, now do it, you know? Um, So that's personally where I feel like I'm headed. How about you? Everything you said. That's not the right answer. (laughs) You can get pushed off the bed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, did you have any answer for that question there, buddy? Where does yep. God want you to work and walk in new levels? Yep. Not right now. All right, well, we'll pray for you then. Okay. All right, I think we're all done for today, though. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you want to pray us out? Mhm. Okay. What else you got then?
3: Oh God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you that the show went well. Thank you that I didn't have to answer any questions. I mean, um. <laughs> <laughs> thank you that we had good teaching and. Uh, We hope that we get to do this next week, and the show doesn't get canceled. name Amen.
1: The show can't get canceled. I'm paying for airtime. (laughs) (laughs) We're not syndicated. We're not getting paid for this. (laughs) Maybe there's reward in heaven. Well, thanks, guys, and God bless you. We appreciate you joining us this morning for our Bible study. I hope that you got something amazing out of it. Um, also, uh, if, you're, if you're catching this on the replay, on Spotify, on YouTube, I would like to invite you to like this video, subscribe to our channel. That way you can hear any new videos are posted and uploaded. And please feel free to share our videos and, and our um, audios if you find them helpful in the slightest. We would love to be able to expand our reach just a little bit and bring the gospel to some new folks. Anyway, you guys have a wonderful day and take care. Bye. Bye.